Yep, that's fine. Good morning, everybody. Jesus, Messiah, name above every name, blessed Redeemer. That's why we're in church today, because of Christ who is our Redeemer. I'll just pray before I come with this word that's uh, been burning in my spirit. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Thank you, Jesus. Guide my words, I pray. Amen. So who is your rock and who is your redeemer? I didn't hear it. Yes, this Jesus. That's why we're here. Oh, Pastor Phil phoned me on this a, a few months ago, and I don't think I've had a night's sleep since then, so once this is over with, I'm going to be so pleased. However, what he asked me to speak from was Philippians. Philippians, mainly from chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, so if you've got your Bibles with you, please have your Bibles. Here's my torn and tattered Bible. My other Bible, I replaced the cover three times, so now I've got another one and it's worn out. Somebody says to me, why don't you get another Bible? No, this is going to last me because very shortly I'll be turning eight. Oh, whoa, one step closer to the Lord. I have a visual illustration here as my brothers from Picton know last time I spoke there I took two baskets of fruit one basket of fruit was full of luscious I have a many buckets one time no not feeders no Help me with my wife. Figs, yeah. I went to the fig tree and there was no figs at all. So I hunted around town. I bought some, come all the way from Italy. I had to buy two lots to get a basket of figs. And in the other basket was rotten fruit. I felt terrible bringing one basket here and another basket there. But I spoke from Jeremiah chapter 24 because he says to Jeremiah, what do you see? And he says, I see a basket of good fruit. I see a basket of rotten fruit. And the theme of this was, at the end of your journey, which basket will you be in? And this morning's message is not the same, but on a similar theme and I'm getting, I wouldn't say I'm getting worried, but my time is drawing close. And I want to make sure I just enter into that heavenly kingdom to know his resurrection. Oh, heavenly father. So that's why I've got this here. You're a bit mystified, but there's one book missing. It's in my pocket. My wife's laughing here. It's actually the Holy Bible. I've actually looked through magnifying glasses. This is a small book. So I'm placing it there. And I'm going to come to the reason why that is coming about. 
However, just before I come to Philippians, I was going to read John chapter 3, verse 1 to 8, but I decided to speak it out. There was a man. He was a Pharisee. Nicodemus was his name. He was a ruler of the Jews. And he came to see Jesus at night. The theory goes he didn't want to be seen, but no, he wanted to know more and more about Jesus. So he came to see him at night. Here is a man, a Pharisee, saying to the Lord on his first words, we, we know you are a teacher sent by from God. Then he says, I know no, other, no man can do the signs you do unless God is with him. Wow, this is a Pharisee. Jesus is a carpenter's son. He's not been to training school. Then what did Jesus say? Thank you very much. That's a lovely compliment. Come in for a cup of tea. No, it was as if he was waving his finger. These things I say to you, truly, truly, if you are not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Then Nicodemus says, well, how is it possible, man of my age, to go into my mother's womb and be born a second time? Then he says, truly, truly, I say to you, if you're not born of water and born of the Spirit of God, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Wow. And the, the word that's in my heart is given by Pastor, um, Pastor to me to preach on for Philippians. It's about entering into the kingdom of God. Oh, so if you've got your Bibles with you. Ah, right, thank you. 12. Philippians. Chapter 3, verse 12. So Paul is saying here, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have been apprehended, but one thing I do is forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press forward to the goal, the prize of the upward core of Christ Jesus. Can I have that glass of water, James, please? Not yours. No, 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 James. One there already. Thank you, brother. 
So going back to on that one there, it says, I have not attained, means he has not been resurrected. Because the verse before it says, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. He hasn't attained it yet, but his, his thoughts and his heart is on the resurrection and upon Christ. That's when he says, I, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. Brothers and sisters, our focus in our hearts must be on Christ and his resurrection. And that's why we are here today. Because of that promise. We believe in the word of God. We believe in Jesus. Then he goes on to say, I'm not perfected. If Paul is imperfected, how do we stand? But he's still pressing on to be perfected. Then he says, to lay hold of that, which is the resurrection. Then he says, Jesus Christ laid hold of me. Jesus Christ laid hold of me. That's right, he was on his way to Damascus, and the Lord met him. As the Lord laid hold of you, and I would say nearly every hand would be popping up. There was Peter and his brother Andrew casting nets into Galilee, Sea of Galilee, and Jesus walking by, and he says, Follow me. Do you think they say, hang on a couple of hours, let's see what catch we got, then we'll come. No, they just left those nets and they went. Walking past the office there, he sees Matthew in the office there. Come, follow me. Do you think Matthew said, hang on till five o'clock, I'll lock up and then I'll come. No, he followed him. When did he call you? When did he call you? My wife came born again when we were in Canada. I came down to New Zealand, the uttermost parts of the world, to get away from Lorraine's associates with born-again people. I go to the furthest ends of the world, couldn't go any further than where we are right now. Didn't think God was down here. <laughs> However, Lorraine waited patiently for seven years before I become born again. And it all happened so suddenly. She'd been to a meeting, uh, an evangelist meeting in the afternoon, came back and said, would you like to come and listen to the husband in the evening? No, love, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. I've got to do all these pruning, these fijos. I've got an orchard of 700 trees and I'm way behind. You just go. It happened to me just like Peter and Andrew and Matthew for no reason at other. I put my pruners away. I went to that meeting, and in two hours' time, I was born again. 
I would never believe it. I was so busy trying to catch up and pruning, but the Spirit of God came upon me. And I don't know why I did it, because Jesus took hold of me and he's taken hold of you as well. And that is a time that we must treasure. So shortly after that, I was going to a mainline church here, which I'm very thankful. Then we decided to come here. And when I saw the pastor here, pastor, we got to get a proper pulpit. When I saw the pastor come, he was thumping on it because he loved the Lord and he was getting his message. And I thought, that's what I want to hear. So we started coming here. Then shortly afterwards, after being born with the Spirit, I was baptized with water. This is what Jesus said to Nicodemus. He must be born of water, born of the Spirit of God. I was born of the Spirit of God, but not born of water. That little tank that's been removed. However, we've got lots of rivers around here. And uh, I've been to many, many baptisms in rivers and helped as well. One, the last one I did was David McKelvey, a really man of God. I, I love that brother. He got baptized in the Polaris River. That river's cold. <laughs> but however, he was there for a purpose. And he had been a Christian all those years, but he wanted to be water baptized. So this is my certificate that they gave me. Certificate of Baptism. In obedience to the command of our Lord Jesus Christ and in the imitation of his example. Eric Bridgen was buried with him, with Jesus, in baptism on the 1st of July, 1990. Here we are, 2023, and I'm still here. Yeah. And my next place is going to be heaven. This was says in Philippians 3.20, uh, your inheritance or your citizenship is in heaven. I got a British passport, citizen of England, of, of the British Empire, and that has helped me tremendously. I got another passport, Canadian one, and that gives me privileges there as well. But there's another one. It's not on paper, but it's up in heaven. The Lord's recorded my name. And I'm looking forward to that. And that time is going to come shortly. But this is our focus for this year. We've got to press in. We've got to press in. We've got to preach the word of God. We've got to share the love of God. We've got to share the truth. And not only us, but we have family members, I do, that don't know the Lord. And I'm sure you can as well. This year, we have to press in. I see my sister nodding her head, and I know 
her cry of her heart is for her family to come and know Jesus. Olivia was sharing a little while back, sharing the goodness of the Lord. Then she began to weep. And then she's sharing that, I don't know whether my two uncles are in the kingdom of God or not. We need to get on our hands and knees for our loved ones that they come into the kingdom of God. I'm looking at John and Jeannie. I went to their house the other day, knocked on the door, and their son came down, big smile on his face, hugged me. I have such a love for your son, Sam. He needs to come into the kingdom of God. He really does. I have a daughter exactly the same, brought up in this assembly, but somehow... They're not here, but this year, make it count to press in for those lost ones to come into the kingdom of God. So why are those books here? Have a quick swig. Swig. When was the last time you heard that word? (laughs) I'm going back a number of years ago now when I was in my mid-twenties. I drove my wee car, and I say a wee car, it was a sports car, it was a Sunbeam Alpine. I drove all the way from the upper parts of Canada right through America into Mexico and coming back. And coming into Los Angeles. I'm just going through, that's all. There were seven lanes that way, seven lanes this way. I thought... Which one do I go in? I'll go in the middle one. All right. So sitting there, in those days, in the 1960s, 70s, yeah, there were big Cadillacs, Pontiacs, Chevrolets. They were monstrous cars. And here's this little dinky toy going along those motorways. And I looked in my mirror. And I said, hey, someone's in trouble. Look at all those lights flashing and sirens are going. Woo! Next minute, two Harley Davidsons next to me with white ones, with great big policemen on them. I thought, what? Where can I pull over? And they escorted me off this huge motorway. Then they come up like this, get a book out. Gave me. I said, what's that for? You were speeding. I said, I'm having a job to keep up with everybody else. Ah, but you're in the wrong lane. You should be in the other lane because you're towing a trailer. I had a small camping trailer with my camping gear and that. You thought they would have said to you, look, we can see from your license, we can see from your license plate, we can see from your, hear from your voice, you're just keeping this lane. No, they gave me a ticket. Oh. So when I get back to Canada, I'm a motor mechanic. We have smoker down below there. And then I come bragging, say, I got a ticket. I got a ticket. And all the young mechanics said, don't pay it. Don't pay it. Forget it. Don't pay it. 
Forget it. You can go down in America again. No, no, don't pay it. All right. I won't pay it. <laughs> then later on in the afternoon, the senior mechanic, he came along and he says, that ticket you got, you pay it. Oh, we can refer to some biblical truths here, can't we, about listening to the young people and the senior ones. However, years rolled by. In the meantime, I married to my beautiful wife, got the children. We went to Australia to visit my f folks. And then coming back, we landed in Hawaii just to fuel up. So the custom officer is on his high stool, great big guy, and there's a red line. He said, come here. Stop. Stop there. Gets all our passports. And no kidding, he got books and books and books. Kept going down looking. This was before computers, looking for my name. And I'm thinking, did I pay it? Did I pay it? Did I pay it? Did I pay it? Then he says, come, I did pay it. <laughs> I took the advice of the senior gentleman. And I'm saying this because, how's my time going? Oh, okay. Yeah. And there's a reason for me telling you that, because... It says in Revelations chapter 20... This is what John saw. He says, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. The books were opened, and another book was opened. The books were opened, and another book was opened. which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to all their works by the things which were written in the books. Then it says, anyone's name not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. When we come to our ends of our days, the books will be opened. My debt has been paid by Jesus Christ. I was in these books, but now I'm in this one. Pastor Phil preached the other day about keeping on that narrow path, that narrow path to life. It's not easy. When I, that opening prayer, which I spoke from Psalm 19, verse 14, about saying, my Lord, my rock, my redeemer, my rock. It's so important that we keep both of our feet upon that rock. Not one in the world, not one in Christianity. What happened to those men of God who in Matthew 7, 21, 22, who were standing at heaven's door 
and said, Lord, we did this in your name, we did that in your name, we casted out demons, we preached in your name. Then the Lord says, I knew you not, you lawless people. They did everything, but they had one foot off that rock into the world that was not pleasing to the Lord. And the book of Philippians, from the very beginning to the end, is written in such a way to keep us on track, to keep us on that narrow path. For when that day comes, we will hear that upward call of God into his heavenly kingdom. But my cry is just not for me, but for those who do not know the Lord. I was on flight once to, from here to Vancouver. In the early hours of the morning, people were watching their midnight movies, but there was only one light on, and that was mine, reading my word of God. Probably bugged everybody, because there's one light on. This steward kept walking backwards and forwards. Eventually, he stopped, and he said, do you believe in what you're reading? I don't know what I said to him, but I was said something that my wife gave me a thump in the chest. Sorry, love. And she says, you were very, very rude to him. Because in here, it tells us in two places to defend our faith, defend the gospel. So when the plane landed, everybody's in the aisles trying to get out of the plane. At the end of the aisles, is the hostess or host thanking everybody, right? And there he is on my lane. I thought, how can I get out? <laughs> but you know what? I had, I had to stay in there. And when I approached him, he thrust out his hand, grabbed mine, Big smile in his face, and the words that came out of my spirit is, Blessed.